you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Welcome. Welcome to Decide to Transform. I am your host, Tomas Garza, and this is a very special edition of our show. It's the second of season two here on Podbean, and I hope that all of you were able to catch the really wonderful show from last week that kicked off this new season on this new platform, and that is my second-born Zaya Garza with The Spirit's Paintbrush. Art and Spirituality, with a really in-depth look at the connection between art, spirituality, and as you can tell, Zaya's family, and I'm very, very proud. So check that episode out. That is the first edition of Season 2 here called The Spirit's Paintbrush. This is available, by the way, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Podbean app right now, currently. And it will soon be available on Spotify within a couple of days as well. So growing a number of channels. And thank you all very, very much for listening. I really appreciate it. This week, we're going to look at something that is very near, if not dear, near to all of us. Because we all experience it. And you may have experienced it several times today alone. And that is fear. It's the universal human emotion reaction response of fear. And we're going to go into some depth on that here on the show. The deal with this is that Cindy, my wife, asked me to talk about this which is beautiful because I'm soliciting ideas from people that I'm close to about solo shows. As you know, I will do interviews here on Decide to Transform. And I also want to intermix that with some moments where I just sit down in front of the mic and start to share from my own experience. So Cindy was kind enough to select this topic for today. And we're going to unpack this we're going to delve deeper into what fear is, how it shows up in our lives, and what we as human beings can do about it when and not if it shows up for us. So I invite you to think about how fear shows up in your life. And in general, it can show up in a number of ways. It can show up in the form of something that we're procrastinating. Are you a procrastinator? Because what is procrastination if not fear of doing something, of completing a task, of facing a phone call with somebody that you may or may not like? Maybe you're just nervous to make a sales call if you're in business. That's one way it shows up. Keeping yourself where you are 
in any arena of life, whether you are looking to make some changes in your own physical health, perhaps you're looking to lose weight or to get fit, and you justify staying where you are, that's fear. Any kind of hesitance or reluctance to do something that you know is good for you and will be beneficial for you and all of the people around you. Well, that's one way that fear plays out. Now, of course, it can also play out in the visceral sort of survival mechanism type way of, okay, a wild animal is coming at you. They're going to eat you unless you either kill it or run. So a classic fight or flight reaction to keep our biological being going and alive, well, that is certainly understandable, and that is one way that fear shows up. Let's think about how it's showing up right now. It's the 15th of July as I record this episode. This is, is pre-recorded, and we're in the middle of the global COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. There's fear showing up all over. If you turn on the television news media, there's fear there that they, by the way, are attempting to generate in you and make you feel, and they do it very successfully. There's a lot of that going on. There are a lot of people that are very legitimately, in many cases, afraid of catching a deadly virus because they have a compromised immune system or they know a family member who does. Perhaps they have a respiratory illness or something like that. There's just a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty. And uncertainty is one of the ways that fear crops up in, in our world. So what I'm saying here is just that there's a lot of it out there. Whatever your opinion of anyone's actions or situations may be, those are yours. And fear is all around us. And yes, there are ways that we can constructively work with it. And we'll go through some of those today here on the show. So this is some of the ways how fear shows up, but why? Why does it show up? Well, if you're running from a saber-toothed tiger, it's to keep yourself alive, to keep your family alive. Okay, that makes perfect sense. But why else would fear show up in your life? And you'll notice that the title of this episode is Fear, Our Teacher and Our Guide. Let me repeat that. Our Teacher and Our Guide is the subtitle for today's show. And that is the case because I want to, as we'll see later on here in the program, invite you to consider approaching your fear in a different light from a different point of view and in, perhaps, for you, a completely different manner. So it is possible to see it as something other than an opponent to be run from or slain. It is indeed possible, and stick around, because we'll tell you how that is possible. So, of course, we've been through the biological mechanism that protects us and keeps the organism alive. Most of us are not being chased by saber-toothed tigers every day. 
And unless you're listening to this and you find yourself in an actual combat zone, then please do whatever you can to keep yourself safe if that's the case. But for most of us, a lot of us sitting at home these days, it's not necessarily the case. We're not being pursued by a physical enemy. Now, people can make the argument that the coronavirus is just such a thing, but it's not barging in your door and it's not going to devour you with its talons or its claws and its very, very sharp fangs and rip your heart out and eat it as you die. Okay, it's not going to do that. Graphics, sure, why not? Most of us, fear is in our minds and it's in our imagination and it's more of a constant presence than we allow ourselves to think. Much more of a constant presence. So how is that? Well, it shows up in little ways, big ways that we've been through. And the question for us then as human beings is, Okay, fear is going to show up for us. What do we do about it? That's the question. Fear is going to show up for us, like it or not. The question for us then becomes, what are we going to do about it? In the face of it, in its presence. We'll spend the rest of the broadcast talking about just that thing. It's very important. So let me say that it's okay to be afraid. This is something that I say in various teaching contexts all the time. It's okay to be afraid. Happens. Shows up in many ways. We're afraid to make phone calls. We're afraid to pay bills. We're afraid to ask people for questions, for fear perhaps of them saying no, they're putting, feeling put out, right? Many different ways that it shows up. It's okay. I repeat that in every form of teaching that I do, including podcasts, because in society, man or woman, doesn't matter who you are, what your gender is, or what your station in life, there's a societal mandate that's largely unwritten. It is written, in fact, codified in some cases, in some circumstances. There's a societal mandate that says it's not okay to be afraid, that you have to rise above, that you have to deal with it and move beyond it somehow, that it's not okay to be afraid, number one, and society says it's not okay to admit that you're afraid, number two, guys especially, especially for men, for women too, of course, but men have this mandate. It's largely societal, it's passed down from generation to generation, it's unspoken and unseen, but most definitely felt that you are not allowed to be afraid. You are not allowed to show any perceived sign of weakness. Very, very, as you know, debilitating. This is crippling. It's crippling not only to the individuals that it afflicts, it's crippling to all of society, 
all of it. So it's okay to be afraid. That's step number one. The next thing, the next consideration is, okay, what are you going to do about it? Now, here's where this is a microcosm for spiritual practice in general. This show really is, and all shows that I do, whether it's interview format or solo, they're all microcosms for spiritual practice in general, because they're all about decision. If you've listened to season one, the first 27 episodes, you notice that I talk about decision all of the time. In other words, our power of choice, no matter how much power we may give away in our lives, we retain the power of choice. Now we can decide not to use it. That's for sure. But we still have that choice. And it's something that applies to every moment of every day. We have a choice between fear or love. It's that simple. Folks, it really is that simple. Every moment of every day, are you choosing fear? Are you choosing love? All of the other gradations, complications, terms, terminologies, levels, all of that is a variant of one of the two. It's either an expression of love or it's an expression of fear. We have a decision. The show is not coincidentally at all entitled Decide to Transform. It's a decision that you make. So how do you move past fear? How do you deal with it? Let me give you a couple of options for dealing with this. Because as we all know, we can use fear as an excuse. We can use it to stop us. We can identify with our fears and allow it to debilitate us, to block us, to limit us, to stifle our progress. Or we could choose, make a decision, decide to work with it. So how do you work with something? Well, you can work with fear in a number of different ways, but first of all, it has to be said and acknowledged that this can be really debilitating. And the first step in any form of spiritual growth or personal transformation is if there is a challenge that you're experiencing, if there is something that you would like to change, that you would like to transform, then step number one is noticing it. Now, this is where dealing with your fears, it's, it's very, very important to have a good practice. And I mean practice of self-care, whether that is an exercise routine, whether that's yoga, whether it's meditation. I'm a meditation instructor, so I'm very big on meditation and mindfulness practices, why it opens up mental space for you to make better and different decisions. But whatever form your self-care takes, maybe it's a dip in the pool, right? Maybe it is a walk in the forest. Whatever this looks like for you, it's your self-care, your spiritual practice, meditation, prayer, yoga, whatever that looks like. It is that 
practice that's going to open up the space for you to be able to, number one, recognize your fear, and then two, choose to do something constructive about it. In that order. Because if you don't have a good handle on what something is that's affecting you on what it is and how it's impacting your life, it's really difficult to solve the problem because this is where you see people trying 50 million different healing modalities and they'll try them for a week, maybe two, and then the fear will come back in, the limiting story of, well, it's just not working out for me. It's really not my thing and I tried it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I went to yoga class once. I bought a six-month membership to a gym, and I went one time on a Tuesday and never went back. I've tried all that, and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yep, I know. Yeah, right, okay. Sure, we use these stories to delude ourselves. It's an expression of fear because we're afraid of the change. Now, what are we afraid of? Well, it's not really the change, is it? It's a a fear. We're afraid of who we're going to be on the other side. Because that's really what's going on. We're afraid of our own power. It's very profound when you think about it, to be afraid of your own light, afraid of your own power, And grace, beauty, magnitude, that's what we're really afraid of. Because when we stand in that, all, every single one, I mean, all of our illusions come crumbling down. All of our self-concepts, all self-doubt, all of these limiting stories, like, oh, it's just not for me, or I can't do that, I'm too old, I'm too young, etc., All of that comes crumbling down the instant that you embrace and identify with who you really are, your true self, light. You could call it God, spirit, source. And this is something that does not come necessarily in a blinding flash, so don't expect that of yourself. This may be a gradual process. Why? There's a lot that comes up for us in our human lifetimes that needs to be released. So what do I mean by that? Things that don't serve you, like your fear. If you really want to, let's use the example of someone who buys a six-month membership at a gym. If you really want to lose weight, if you really want to get fit, stronger, healthier, have better cardiovascular health, whatever it is, whatever it is, if you only go once, you're giving in to fear. Now, if you work through that and make a habit of working through that, then that's when transformation occurs. Now, people have written in to the show before, which I welcome you to do, by the way, and I'll give you the email address at the end of the broadcast. I invite people's questions, and one one time there was an anonymous question. Um, I'm not going to mention the name. We'll keep it anonymous here, that said, well, It seems like you're saying the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Yes. That's my response is yes. And why do I keep saying the same things over and over and over? Because as adult learners, we're stubborn. Okay. That includes me. 
everybody, ev everything that I'm talking about here, I have messed up and I'm sharing my experience, including some really, really egregious personal mistakes with you. That's what I do. S share that with you. Every single person has been here. We, we're stubborn and resistant to change. You know how you are stubborn and resistant to change. People are, and it shows up in different ways. And it, bringing an awareness to the table is step number one. Okay, here's how I resist change. What am I really afraid of? Because we're inviting an inquiry here. We're inviting ourselves to ask questions. And this is how you deal with fear, by the way, is identifying it, then asking questions about it. Where does it come from? And a really beautiful and effective question that you could use is, what am I afraid of? Why is this coming up? Why does this come up repeatedly? Why do I feel like I'm going to vomit every time I go to pick up the telephone and call this person, for example? Really important questions because they allow us to get to deeper answers. Now, the very first podcast episode of Decide to Transform that I ever did was called Deeper Questions, Deeper Answers. If we ask shallow surface level questions like, okay, what am I going to have for lunch? That may be to you a rather important question, but it's not a deep level question. A deep level question is one that leads us to examine what we're doing and make a decision as to whether we want to keep it or not, such as why am I afraid of this action? Why am I afraid to place this phone call? Why am I afraid to get in the car and drive to the gym? It, well, and right now, that's just an example. Gyms are closed, of course, in many places in the world, but what's it going to take? Are you going to go running in, in the park or something? And if you're afraid to do that, you know, using a fitness example again, why? That's a deeper level question. That is getting on the right track. And that is what we're talking about when it comes to spiritual growth. That's what we're talking about when it comes to personal transformation. So you notice it and you go into it and you examine it. And this is where you really kind of get dirty with the facts. Spiritual growth requires honesty of yourself. It requires many things. Honesty is right there at the top of the list because we're really, really good at deluding ourselves and deluding ourselves at fooling ourselves and putting things off in various different ways that we're just not ready to deal with, or so we say. In other words, we're afraid to deal with them, and we're not willing to be afraid to deal with them, so we invent some other reason not to go there. And for you out there listening, this shows up differently for everybody. How you express your fear is going to be very different from how your spouse expresses his or hers, right? How your neighbor expresses it, your, your children, your niece, who knows? It expresses itself differently, but it's still the same emotion, fear. 
So observation and examination and asking the deeper questions, this is all part of getting dirty with it. So why people are afraid of spiritual growth a lot of the time is it brings up our crap. And now you can use, if you would like, another word for crap, one that's more suited to your vocabulary here on the air. I use that word too, by the way, but I'm not going to use it on this show. It, it brings your crap up. It brings your stuff up because these deep level questions reveal what's calling out. And I mean yearning, burning, begging, literally begging and screaming and shouting at you to release it. It's calling out for release. The universe is saying, work through this now, please. And if you don't heed that, then it will continue to stay after you. It will continue to hound you and it will get louder and louder and possibly even possibly more violent in its insistence. And figuratively speaking, it'll slap you harder the next time to get your attention. Why? Because there are things that are calling out for your release and we're all on a trajectory toward awakening. Every single one of us. That's a fact. We could run away from it. In fact, many of us have run away from it for lifetimes. And you may be running away from it right now. If you're running away from your fear and refusing to deal and acknowledge it and refusing to even be curious about why this is happening to you, then you are running away from it. Now, don't be ashamed is my suggestion to all of you. I've been afraid to do many things in my lifetime. I've been afraid to leave bad relationships like most of us have been at one point in time. I've been in a sales situation and been afraid to make phone calls with people that I thought mistakenly were sharper than I was, that were better I guess, better put together, more with it than I was, only to find on the call that uh, that was really not the case, just my delusion. And maybe you can relate to this. So the deal is that this fear is not you. This is really, really important because one of the things that can be so debilitating to a person is to identify with their fears and make it them and, and latch on with all of your mental and emotional and psychological spiritual energy to something that you're afraid of. So who are you really? Well, you're not the fear, nor are you the circumstance that's causing the fear. Let's take the example of a phone call with somebody who's really sharp, sales call. You're not the person on the other line. You're not the telephone. Right? You're not the call itself. You are not the words that you use when you speak to this person. Nor are you the words that you use to talk to yourself about why you can't speak to this person this afternoon. About why you're too busy or something like that. You're not any of that. You're the one that's observing all of this happening. Now, this is a whole nother series of podcast episodes in and of itself, and I won't go into the details too much here, but 
we're the ones that are observing all of this. The important point here is you're not the fear itself. You're not the circumstance that produces it. But why is this important? Why should you care? Well, it's a really good question. You should care and it matters to you because you have and retain, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, the power of choice. You have the power to choose to work with this emotion, with this situation in a different way. By observing it and being curious about it, then asking a deeper level question, such as the ones we've been through. Why is this showing up? Why? Why is this showing up in my life? What is the significance of this? What is this trying to teach me? And another one, what needs to be released here? What needs to be released here? And then a corollary of that, well, am I willing to release it? <laughs> and I hope the answer to that is yes. See, what we can do when we recognize that fear is not us, when we disidentify with it, we recognize that, in fact, it's a teaching tool. It's a very, very powerful teaching tool and also a very powerful guide. Why? Because it's pointing out to us what we need to do. It's pointing out the areas in our lives where we can make some progress, things we can work on. Now, I'm not saying notice have to work on. I dislike that language. I prefer get to. It's a have to rather than I have to go to work. What does that sound like? How does that make you feel? I have to do this. Contrast that with I get to. Yes, we, we get to. It feels differently. It's a different sort of feel. So we get to work with this. And if we're able to create this mental, psychological, emotional space for ourselves, then we open up a window, even if it's very brief, maybe even a half a second, to make a different choice. Our minds work so quickly that even opening up a half a second of space for yourself is enough for you to make a different choice and a different decision rather than be terrified of something. Examine it. Why are you terrified of it? What's causing this? How can this be worked with and through? In that case, fear is a teacher. It's a guide that points out areas where you could release something that's no longer serving you. So why is this important again? I love this question, by the way. What's in it for me? I have to laugh. It's such a good question because every single one of us asks this when we're listening to a podcast, when we're watching a show, what's in it for me? What am I going to gain from this? Well, you're going to gain some knowledge and understanding of how you can work with your fears differently and deeper level questions that you can ask about them. There's that. What happens when you release what no longer serves you is you're literally literally, quite literally, living a different life. You have transformed. This is something that you can do. 
any number of times in a lifetime. There are many things that each of us carries around that no longer serve us. Many, many things indeed that we could most certainly stand to dump, to get rid of, because they're bringing us down, they're limiting us, they're inhibiting our growth, they're inhibiting our personal growth, our relationship growth, our physical health, our spiritual health. They are getting in the way of us having a healthy relationship to our work or a career that serves us and the greater good rather than something that you just show up for because that's all you can think of at the time. No matter what walk of life this shows up for you in, fear is, if you choose to see it this way, both a teacher and a guide. Now, there are many, many ways that society has and, and that people propagate and well, they sell, they sell t-shirts about it, all kinds of things that have to do with taking a different approach toward fear. And I want to mention one of those that is always coming up for me because I always hear about it in, in my circles. I, I always hear the phrase, kick fear in the face. All right, kick fear in the face. I've written about this and I've talked about this. And to the extent that you find the saying, the buzz phrase, kick fear in the face, helpful in your life, then roll with it. That's what I have to say. If it's working for you, roll with it. What I invite you to consider is an alternative to fear. And I'll explain what I mean by that. To me, I don't see kicking fear in the face as helpful. Why? Because you make it an opponent in that case. You may respect your opponent in life, but you may also fear your opponent. Let me tell you this. You have no opponent. We have absolutely no opponents. Why? Because ultimately there are no separations of any kind. This is not some hippie pipe dream. This is reality. So if you take a quantum level, if you take a deep spiritual level approach, if you're familiar with Eastern philosophy, if you take an approach from absolute or ultimate truth, if you follow A Course in Miracles, that's a presentation of absolute truth. So this appears in many different spiritual disciplines on this planet. If you take that approach, there is no separation of any kind. So why would you create one where there isn't one? You could see fear as a teacher rather than an opponent. Now, you wouldn't willingly kick your teacher in the face, kick your guide in the face, or punch them, would you? I would say not, especially if they were an authentic teacher that meant only to help you. So it's an alternative point of view and again, I'm not saying that if this is something that works for you, that you should abandon it. You should do whatever works for you. My counsel to you is do what your heart tells you to do. 
If something speaks to you, keep it. But if that does not speak to you, if kick fear in the face does not speak to you as a human being, then there's an alternative. And that's my point of view is we don't have an opponent. Like I said at the top of the hour, most of us are not being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. We're not in immediate danger of being vivisected, killed, slain, maimed, eaten, you name it. Because we're not in that immediate danger, the things that we fear can be worked with. Now, we could feed the fear or we could examine it, create space for ourselves to deal with it differently, and then go about dealing with it differently. So back to the question, why should I do this? Why should I care? Well, what are some of the things that happen for you if you release what no longer serves you? Well, you're lighter. Do you feel lighter? Does this relate to anything, any circumstance that you've had in your life where you let go, say, of a bad habit? Or, you know, let's say you wanted to lose 20 pounds and you did it. Maybe it was a bad relationship a soul-sucking job. What happened when you let go of what no longer served you? Maybe it was an attitude that you had personally. Well, did you feel lighter? People tend to feel lighter, like they're living in a different world, that more options and better choices are available to them. And yes, that is the case. It creates a sense of emotional and psychological lightness to let go of what no longer serves you. And it allows new possibilities. It allows the new to come pouring into your life. Things that you may have been asking for either consciously or subconsciously for a long, long time. Now, what happens when you do this for yourself? Others see, others notice. We're all vibrational beings. We feel each other's presence. So what does this mean? This means something that I've mentioned before on the show is that we're all teachers and learners, but we're all teachers, every single one of us. What are we demonstrating in our lives? When fear arises, are we demonstrating a way to constructively work with it or are we demonstrating violence by kicking it in the face? Are we demonstrating fight or flight behavior, right? Are we experiencing the flight end of that? Are we showing people to run from what they're afraid of, to deny it, to avoid it, to shelf it, to put it away, hopefully never to be seen again, only it will be seen again, and it will come back in a different form, perhaps more harsh and more violent than the time before. What are we demonstrating to people? You're always teaching. This is really, really a critical spiritual component to human existence. We're always teaching. We're always learning as well because people are sharing their experience, their being, their energetic being with us. So I invite you to consider for yourself What are you teaching? What are you sharing? Because if you share, 
that there are constructive ways to deal with fear and grow and challenge yourself and move past it in a constructive way, you're showing this method and the results to everyone around you. They feel your heightened vibration. They feel your heightened sense of energy. This is a reason why you should pay attention to this. So in conclusion, everyone, I encourage you to examine areas in your life that you're afraid of and to think about why. Why does this keep coming up for you? Ask yourselves the deeper level questions that we talked about here on the show, on this broadcast. They're very important. And again, I can't stress enough that deeper questions lead to deeper answers. Fear can be a very powerful guide and a very powerful teacher. You know, I want to leave you with that. In conclusion as well, I want to invite you to please write in with questions for the show. This is something that I've done throughout Decide to Transform, and I encourage you to write in because I will take listeners' questions and read them question and answer here on the broadcast. This is something that has brought a lot of clarity to people from all over the world in the past, and the best format to do this is by email. And I'll give you that email. It's Tomas, T-O-M-A-S, at TomasGarza.com. That's Tomas without the H, Spanish variety, at TomasGarza, G-A-R-Z-A, dot com. Feel free to write in with any questions. And one of the reasons I encourage this is because we've all sat in a classroom where we had a question, but we were afraid to ask it. We were hesitant, reluctant. We didn't want to seem dumb, or we thought maybe it was a dumb question. And yeah, somebody will, someone will answer. Someone will ask it, right? And the teacher will answer. That's got to happen, right? And then that someone does raise their hand and ask the question, have you ever been one of those people that was relieved? Have you ever been the one that raised your hand and asked the question? If you are, if you do, this show is broadcast worldwide. One of the beautiful things to me about interacting with you, the listeners, in this way is you can pick up your phone or a computer or a tablet and listen to a podcast anywhere you are in the world, any time of day. If you're up at 2.30 in the morning, you can listen to Decide to Transform, and I would appreciate it if you would. That'd be very kind of you. Thank you in advance. But this is a, a message that can spread. Now, if you ask a question, there might be dozens of people, maybe more, in the world that you will never meet that will be glad that you asked. So I want to, again, invite you to do that. It's Tomas at TomasGarza.com with show-related questions. And on the subject of fear, I'd love to know what you're working with in terms of fear and what are some of the deep level questions that you're asking yourself, ones that we went through, such as, okay, why is this showing up? Why does this keep showing up? What is this trying to tell me? 
what's the lesson here? What's my takeaway? What's my takeaway? I think that's really important, and I can't stress that enough. So I want to thank you very much for joining me here today. Season two of Decide to Transform here on Podbean is going to be a lot of fun because, guys, to preview what's coming in the next two months or so, I have a number of very, very, and I do mean very sharp guests lined up to interview. I've got some very hard-hitting personal growth, transformation, and spiritual level topics to address solo, like on this show. And we're going to discuss some really, really in-depth topics and practical things. I always stress this, practical things that you can do and take away and use today to create transformation, massive transformation, one step at a time. All right, everyone, I'm Tomas Garza. This has been Decide to Transform. I want to wish you all a beautiful, pleasant day, and I will talk to you very soon.